Welcome to Embrace the Musica, where we're going to dig into the raw, vulnerable, tough, and beautiful pieces of this journey called life. I'm Dominique Dines, who at the age of 21 moved abroad to Mexico to start teaching after growing up in a small town in Minnesota. My husband is from Peru, and we met salsa dancing 10 years ago in Guadalajara, Mexico. Here we are today raising two lovely tricultural kids. We speak more Spanish than English in our home and do a lot of salsa dancing in the kitchen. Embrace the Musica is going to be a place where we talk about what it's like being married to someone from a completely different culture, living in a place that neither of us grew up in, being a working mom, constantly fighting or accepting cultural norms, and all the things that keep us afloat, which includes a lot of heart and humility. So let's embrace the Musica today. Hi friends, today we're gonna get a little personal and we're gonna talk about one of the worst years of my life. And I say this all with a disclaimer from the beginning that I am no expert on relationships. We are constantly working on ours. So if you happen to be in a different boat right now, I do not judge whatsoever. I stick to my belief that we all need to do what's healthy, best, and right for each of us. But I still wanna share this episode because my heart for helping others means that I get to be vulnerable too. I started out this podcast with a desire to be raw and vulnerable and not always talk about the picture-perfect moments, but talk about the real-life moments. And just to be honest with anybody listening, I'm totally dealing with the working from home and having two kids and a husband around at all times during quarantine right now. So to give you a picture of what that looks like at the moment, Everyone else is taking a nap, and I'm hiding out under my four-year-old's bunk bed, hoping that the sound is okay in here to record during this very short window of time I have today. And given the past week, once again, filled with all sorts of uncertainties and quite honestly feeling a bit down and overwhelmed this week, I realized that I was grieving what I thought our life was or what we knew it as. I felt sad about not being able to go to the store not being able to go grab a coffee while working at my favorite cafe. I was sad about not seeing my friends and people I get to see every week. And quite honestly, I miss having a moment to myself. Walter and I both started going a bit stir crazy ourselves this week as we're dealing with our new reality. It's now been 16 days of us being at home together. (laughs) I tried to get work done this week with a two-year-old on my lap. I tried to be creative with new content and presentations for my job. And to be honest, I cried a few times. (laughs) I did get out the door to bike or run, which is really just a mental escape and a necessary way to clear my head these days. And I was able to see trees and flowers that are blooming just like every other year while our world around us has shifted so much. And I finally read something that resonated with me this week. And I've now heard a few people speak on the topic, but I've realized that these 16 days of staying at home in quarantine, I'm starting to feel some grief. I'm grieving the mundane activities of putting my kids in their car seats and bringing them to school. I'm grieving my healthy habits of running or going swimming on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And for some time, I was feeling guilty about grieving as it honestly just didn't feel justified. I would tell myself, but I'm still healthy. Coronavirus hasn't touched anybody's health in my family yet. So it didn't feel right to be feeling all of these sad emotions. But I have to acknowledge that week two was definitely harder than week one of quarantine. 
And being the thinker that I am, trying to understand life and purpose and find some hope in the middle of this mess, which goes way beyond my understanding as I know, a day will come when it will directly affect us personally more than just a shift in our habits and our day-to-day lives. But while grappling with all of this and trying to make sense of this and dealing with my own emotions while still being a mom to two toddlers and a wife to my husband who is such an opposite of me for better or worse, I couldn't help but think about the year that Walter and I almost gave up on us. So here goes. For those of you that know Walter and I, you probably know a bit of our story as we really aren't shy in sharing it. And it turns out, that when we share our story, we find that we're not the only ones who have traveled through something similar in our relationship. But before we get to the hard stuff, I love telling our story of how we met, as it's quite unique. Back in 2010, in my early 20s, I was just starting to go out more in Guadalajara. I was getting to know the social scene at night, and I would usually always go out with my girlfriends, usually to cover bars where we could sing our little hearts out to the Killers, Coldplay, and Kings of Leon. In May 2010, however, one of my tapatia friends invited me to a salsa club. And honestly, I'd never really listened to salsa music, so I didn't even know there was a difference between salsa, bachata, and cumbia. But to be a good friend, I decided to go with her. And my friend Edna is an amazing dancer, as it seems most Latinas are. So we were on the dance floor, and I was basically just trying to imitate her, but it was not working at all. Remember, I grew up in Minnesota. We did not dance growing up. I had no idea what I was doing. But once the live music ended, Edna insisted on chatting with the main singer from the band that was singing that night while I was honestly just dying to go home and go to sleep. So the main singer motioned over to his friend, the other singer, and said, hey, help me out, chat with her, pointing to me. So I ended up at a table talking to one of the singers. And in my mind, I thought, what in the world am I doing here? What can I even say to him? So I started out pretty basic. Hola, ¿cómo te llamas? Asking him what his name is. And this moment goes down in history because Walter, my now husband, in that moment said, para ti, papi. I literally got up and started walking away. But he insisted, no, 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 I was just kidding. And we ended up talking for 20 minutes or so in which he asked me for my number and I gave it to him. A couple days later, he called me and we went out for lunch. And we slowly started seeing each other for lunch here or there, or I'd go to the salsa club with my girlfriends to dance and watch him sing. And honestly, we knew it wasn't going to last long because his time in Guadalajara was almost up. He was, at that time, he was doing musical tours, so he was in each city for a few months at a time, which is honestly why I thought I would never date a musician because they're constantly in different cities. But anyways, about a month after we met, he moved, we said goodbye, and then he ended up coming back in October of that same year, 2010. Long story short, he found out my mom was coming to visit, and he impressed her with some Peruvian ceviche and talks of love for her daughter, being me. So, to make the story a little shorter, we dated for like a year and a half before we got engaged. We flew to Hawaii to get married, just the two of us. And it was a beautiful beginning to what has now been eight years of ups and downs as a married couple. And I like to tell that story because I like to remember our beginning and why we fell in love. It's so easy with all the stress of the day-to-day and now what feels like the confined walls of our home to pick out his faults as I'm washing so many dishes, 
or clothes or resenting the fact that it's hard for me to find any alone time these days. But when I remember our beginning days, they were filled with so many nights out dancing, so many lunches and dinners at new restaurants that we would spontaneously find as we kept a very active social scene. All of that changed, however, when I got pregnant and we had our lovely firstborn, Max. So many people had told us or warned us that parenthood changes everything, but we didn't fully understand. We didn't understand until we were in the middle of it. We didn't realize that having a colicky baby who didn't sleep would affect us so much. We didn't know that we would go days without sleeping more than three hours at a time. It was the hardest year of our marriage. We fought nonstop. I remember holding our little crying baby while I myself couldn't stop crying as I would watch Walter just leave the house. He would leave to escape the home. It was miserable. I remember going back to work as a sixth grade teacher and crying every single day while I was pumping breast milk to bring home, resenting the fact that I had to work eight hours at school and then go home to take care of a child without a break. Meanwhile, to me, it seemed that Walter just continued his life going to the gym, to work, and he didn't have to make the sacrifices that I did. So after 11 months of simply putting up with each other, hardly speaking unless we were saying something toxic to the other person, after more tears cried than ever before, we finally asked for some help. And we are so grateful to our friends within our church community, friends who saw us at our worst, who literally came over to our house in the middle of our fights to help us see both sides of the story. Friends who encouraged us to seek support, to get help, to keep fighting for what brought us together in the first place. And those friends and that community helped us keep going. And thanks to them and a whole lot of grace, we are still together today. And we love each other and what we fought for. It doesn't mean that things are always easy or that we're always on the same page. We still disagree quite often. (laughs) We are both passionate people, especially when it comes to our side of an argument, and we are both stubborn in our ways. But we have learned to flex and bend a bit and listen to the other side of the story. We've learned that we still need to go on date nights. We still need to have adult conversation without a two-year-old interrupting us 57 times to look at the same toy over and over again. We've realized it's worth going out dancing like the old days, even if we do get home at 4 a.m. because we know we're a team and that we can take turns with the kids the next day. And doing those things like dancing and going out for dinner, it reminds us of the person we fell in love with in the first place. It reminds us of our young love. And we remember our story, the hard and the ugly parts especially on days when things feel tense at home, on days when we don't know what will happen tomorrow and we quite honestly can't always put our feelings into words. We remember it because we know we almost gave up on everything we had worked for and desired that year. We almost threw in the towel and called it quits. But what matters in our story is that we didn't. We kept going. We kept showing up. There are still tears and there are still unknowns in our story, but we're so thankful that today we have each other, that we can show Max and Zoe that there are things worth fighting for. We know we are not perfect parents and we are not perfect partners, but we're working on things and that's what matters. I don't know where you're at in your story, 
if you're listening to this today, I don't know what ups and downs or monsters you've had to face along the way. Chances are you've been hurt too at some point and felt like giving up. We're human and it's usually a part of all of our stories. I don't know how you're feeling today, but I know that this past week was a really tough one for me and it felt easier to give up on a lot of things this week as I felt like I was grieving life as we knew it before COVID-19. I may be missing the mundane, like putting our kids in the car seat and being able to take them to the zoo or the park to play or going to my favorite cafe just to get out of the house and relax. And it's okay to feel those things. It's okay to allow ourselves to process what we're feeling and where we're at. I think it's even healthy. I am not a therapist and the only psychology I ever studied was child psychology in my educational degree. So I can't make any claims here, but that's not what I set out to do today. I just wanted to tell you a story, our story, because I also needed to remind myself of the hard times we faced in the past, of the ugly parts of our story that were turned into something beautiful, because I needed that reminder this week as I felt down. I wrote about this on social media this week as I was finally able to put into words something that I was feeling when my four-year-old asked me a simple question. We were out for a walk, and it's spring right now in Guadalajara, so a lot of the trees are turning colors and have beautiful flowers. Some are even starting to fall as the trees are changing ever so quickly. And so Max noticed that, and he said, Mommy, does it make you sad that the flowers fall on the ground and don't stay forever on the tree? And I responded, well, buddy, I love spring. I love blooming trees, but I know it's a season, honey. And if there were always flowers on the trees, we may not enjoy them as much. And then he asked, Mommy, what's a season? And I said, well, a season can be a time of year, like spring, summer, and fall. Or a season can be a time when things change for a while, but we trust it won't last forever. I needed him, my four-year-old, to ask me that question to be able to put into words how I've been feeling. This is a rough season for so many. We're just in the beginning stages, and it's scary. Our world has changed, but I'm trusting it's not going to last forever. Just like I know that that year or the season that we almost gave up on our marriage, it didn't last forever. Even on days like yesterday, when Walter and I were both feeling the stress of the unknowns after being home together for 16 days, we are trusting that this is a season and we're not giving up. We're trusting, we're hoping that the tough parts of all of this will show us what's important and what will last through the season of change. We're making sure our kids are loved, safe, and hoping that someday when they remember this time, They'll remember mommy and daddy loving each other and loving them. At the end of the day or the end of the season, that's what's going to matter. There are some things worth fighting for. So wherever you find yourself on your journey, stay strong, hold hope, and keep loving. That's what we're trying to do over here as we embrace La Musica. So if you liked today's episode, please share with your friends, like, subscribe to this podcast so that we can keep learning together. And until next time, with heart and humility, embrace the musica.